Hello and welcome to this episode of The Art and Design of Sci-Fi and Fantasy, Mystery and Horror. Today I speak with John Bisney, who's co-authored a photographic book on JFK and the space program. So thank you and enjoy. I'm speaking with author and journalist John Bisney, co-author of The Space Age Presidency of John F. Kennedy. Thank you for speaking with me. Sure, my pleasure, Chris. So first, tell me, how did you get into um, studying and writing on this subject? Well, I was fortunate enough, uh, my career, I'm just recently retired, I'm happy to say, <laughs> but I, my career primarily was as a news reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll come back to that in a second, but my interest in the space program goes all the way back to when I was a boy. Um, I'm a baby boomer, and when I was a, a kid, uh, you know, the Mercury astronauts were big national heroes and talk of the, of the, of the country, of, of the world in some ways. So uh, the space program always fascinated me. You know, like other kids get fascinated by race cars or whatever. I just certainly glommed onto that uh, as something that was just tremendously fascinating. And then in um, 1964, my parents and I moved to the West Coast of Florida. Well, that was great because now we're even closer to the to the uh, to Cape Canaveral. Right. So, um, 1965 and 66 was the Gemini program. So we were living down here during during that the two man Gemini program. And I did convince my parents to take me over to to the Cape. It was between Gemini launches, so I didn't get to see one in person. Mm-hmm. I think it was between Gemini maybe 10 and 11, something like that. We went over and saw the facilities, and of course, then I was really I was really hooked. Mm-hmm. And then I always just maintained my interest in, in, in the program. And um, then I became, a, I went to school to be a, a reporter. I went to the University of Missouri School of Journalism, uh, which I, I would like to say is the world's first school of journalism. Proud mm-hmm. to say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, then I graduated and uh, ended up in Washington. What didn't end up, I, I guess I should say, I started out really, fortunately, in Washington, D.C., and um, worked there for a local station for a while, and then I ended up working for uh, a defunct radio network. It was called the RKO Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the space theme, I'll tell you, we were the first commercially delivered, or com- sat- first commercial satellite-delivered radio network. Okay. Uh, NPR beat it in terms of satellite distribution, but we, we had the first commercial radio network by a satellite. Anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Um, and that was, uh, I joined them around 1980-81, and that was, of course, when the shuttle program got started. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'm your guy. <laughs> you know, please assign me to cover that. And I was fortunate enough to do that with them for about uh, 14, 15 years. And then I worked for uh, CNN Radio for about 10 years mm-hmm. and continued to cover the shuttle program. For them, and um, eventually um, left the news business and got into to, um, actually a trade association, public relations, for a while. And then it was time to retire, so I came back to Florida. And uh, my friend JL, who's been a friend of mine for probably 30 years and is just as much a baby boomer and as space enthusiast as I am, mm-hmm. uh, we got our heads together and decided we were going to put out some space books. And I'm like, going on too long to answer this question. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm about to wrap up. 
Uh, Jay Ellis, and I got to introduce you to Jay Ellis at some point. He's my co-author. Is mm. uh, a terrific fellow, and he's got. And I really say this in all reality. I mean, people tend to exaggerate stuff. I'm confident he has the world's largest private collection of high quality uh, images related to the U.S. Man's Pitchline Program. Wow. Uh, to the point that you know, every now and then somebody at NASA you know gets a hold of him looking for a picture, mm-hmm. and he supplies photos often to astronauts who are writing books, you know, and that sort of thing, and other authors and works with museums and stuff. So in any event, he's he's done all this incredible stuff. So about four years ago we said, Hey, what you know, when you go to a library or a bookstore and you look at a book on the space program, the US program, and you thumb through it, you're seeing the same, you know, what, two hundred pictures over and over and over again. Right. And it's they're great photos. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're the greatest hits. There's nothing wrong with them. But, you know, as an author, I know people think, oh, you know, i got to have that in my book, of course. It's a great picture. So we said, let's do a, a book primarily focused on things you haven't seen drawn from JL's collection. So that was the genesis for the first two books we did. Um, one, the first one was called uh, Space Shots and Snapshots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was on Mercury, uh, Mercury and Gemini. And the second book was called Moonshots and Snapshots, and it was about Apollo, Skylab, and ASTP. And, you know, in each of those, it was our goal to, it's sort of amazing to be able to say this, but they were the first space history photo books to give, you know, a full 10, 12 pages to every mission. I mean, nobody had ever done that before. Hmm. So, uh, JL supplied most of the photos, obviously, and... Um, being the journalist, I, the writer, I should say, I, you know, worked on the captions and tried to research those as early as I could, you know, to tell people as much as I could about each picture, and that's the same thing we've done with the Kennedy book. Um, I like to try to identify as many people in the picture as possible, uh, not just, hey, you know, here's the astronaut so-and-so doing this, because uh, the ground support people were, were so important, too. So anyway, that's sort of a long answer to your question, but um, we're currently... Uh, working on uh, on the space shuttle program, but in between, we've done two other books. We've done the Kennedy book, which is just out, and then we've also done an Apollo 11 book, anniversary 50th anniversary book that's coming out in, uh, in March. So yeah, I'll mention that I I actually I, I have a few. I buy some of those um, NASA photographs, especially from the Apollo uh, program. But uh, my big thing is the artwork that they produced. Um, oh yes. You know, that they, you know, I guess mo- some of them was, is for, you know, morale and welfare kind of stuff. You know, this is what we're doing, but I guess also some of them are technical, um, illustrations of, of what, uh, they might be dealing with. Well, it's funny you say that, Chris. Uh, JL and I agree with you 100%, and, you know, I think there may be a future work, uh, along those lines. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh. That that would be I would love that for sure I'm sure plenty of people would actually. Yeah. So um tell me how do you so this particular book do you um is it does it go chronologically through the program or do you break out the photographs into sort of themes uh related to the program? With the with the, with the county book. Correct. Um, the, the goal was to just uh, show you um as much as I could uh, we could his interactions with the program. Um, and the whole new space age era, uh, hence the title. Mm-hmm. So this uh, book begins uh, really in, 
did you come across or did you use photos that maybe at one time were um, restricted in some way but now are, are available to be published? Well, it, it's, uh, I'll give you a general answer and then a, an interesting specific answer to that question. Um, the book, the pictures, photos in our book, um, a lot of them have not been published before. But that's not to say they weren't available to be published, to be honest with you. Hmm. Uh, they were in the uh, Kennedy Library. Some of them are available online now. Not all of them are. Eventually, I think over the next few years, it's their plan to put all their photography online. Um, hmm. But in any event, we that was the, the source of uh, probably the bulk of the photos. Um, then the secondary source would have been probably with NASA. The third source, probably in terms of the number of photos, was Los Alamos National Laboratory. Hmm. And that gets me to the specific answer. Um, the president made uh, a very interesting trip out there to uh, not only to Los Alamos Laboratory, but also to Sandia. Uh, and at Sandia, they were, you know, working on some very classified stuff, um, including uh, the Vela nuclear detection satellite and other uh, very classified programs. So when, when you uh, try to document that with photographs, uh, I found out that they really, there's about, I'm going to say six or seven still photo, black and white still photos that are, were released of his visit to Sandia, but only one of them shows any kind of hardware. And it's a, a framework for a, a veil of satellite. But in the rest of the pictures, it's so funny. You can tell, and I don't know, you remember Whiteout used to use a typewriter. I don't know if they use that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the, the rest of the hardware and displays have all been whited out. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So, so does that mean, so the photos you, you found, this is, uh, I guess, versions without any kind of, no, in fact, I just we just have the Vela satellite photo in there uh, with the president, and a couple of officials from the lab, because the rest of them they, they don't show you much, and it's really poor angles on the president anyway. They're not really they're not very really good photos. Doesn't work. Interesting. Um, so, as far as the uh, the research you did for the captions, um, did you was it basically getting the information that went along with the photographs, or did you do uh, more digging into what uh, what was going on in the photographs? Well, you know, fortunately, the um, the Kennedy Library has got. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a B for their captions. Okay, mm. <laughs> uh, they do a pretty good job. Um, I actually caught a few uh, mistakes in, in in doing the research on these. Uh, a quick example is they've got one series of photos identified as the president arriving somewhere, and it's the president actually departing somewhere. <laughs> and if you do a lot of photo analysis and look at 
Nice. Um, can you uh, talk about any particular photos that really stand out for you? Well, uh, you know, the, the the thing that I think sort of spurred my my interest in, in the possibility of doing a book was uh, JL showing me some really nice color photography uh, from the Rose Garden at the White House uh, the day that President Kennedy awarded Alan Shepard his Distinguished Service Medal. Hmm. And most of the images you see that they're actually kind of grainy or they're, you know, whatever. Not, they're not the best, so the color's off. Well, of course, you know, he's gotten it. It turned out, I guess, he came from the library. But, you know, they're really high-res, nice nice color shots. And uh, so much of the, of the Kennedy administration seems to have been in black and white, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So to see these color shots, I said, boy, you know, there's a lot of, really nice stuff here that I know people would like to see. So in terms of a specific photo, you know, it's hard for me to pick one out there. I mean, there's a great picture of um, of the president, uh, again, in the Rose Garden. He's presenting um, a trophy to the Mercury astronauts, and uh, the seven of them are standing there, and, and there's the trophy on a big wooden stand, and there's the president. He's, he looks like he's the happy father with his which is seven astronaut sons there. So uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting um, a lot of interesting pictures. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Would you? Uh, how many pictures are there in, in the book? About five hundred and twenty. And now you said so you had a, a large collection to choose from. How did you go about um, picking picking uh, which five hundred sum to use? Well, I sort of built it chapter by chapter. Uh, you know, as I said, it was—it sort of laid a framework for you when you go chronologically, mm-hmm. and then you just—it was a matter of identifying the key events related to space during the president's administration, mm-hmm. and uh, then uh, sort of building the photos around those events. Uh, what was interesting, of course, as I got more familiar with what the Kennedy Library Archive archives have. I stumbled upon a few things that, um, you know, otherwise would have no clue about, but put in the book anyway. Um, for example, there's a nice color picture of him accepting a report from um, a presidential commission that was established to try to bring labor peace to the, to the uh, various uh, uh, space bases because uh, down at the Cape they were having labor strikes and so forth, and it set the program back by a few months. And, so there was that, and then there's a, uh, uh, a couple of photos where the president, uh, he's the first head of state to talk to another head of state via satellite. <laughs> and, and this is the, uh, the uh, uh, prime minister of Nigeria. So we have a nice photo of the president, nice color photo in the Oval Office talking to him, and uh, of the satellites and so forth. So there's a lot of things in there that once, once we started... Um, building the book, everything, it's amazing, everything sort of fell into place in terms of having enough photos to properly show you each event. Now, as a result, maybe this helps answer your question, two of the chapters are full, each one is devoted to one day, because he took a, a, a just an amazing uh, two-day whirlwind tour uh, of the space facilities in 1962. Mm-hmm. He, in September, he went to uh, Marshall, uh, it's based on Center, Alabama, the same 
speaking of the companies that, um, that were working on the space program, did they have, did, did you find out if they had any of their own photos that you might have been able to use? Well, the president, really, really, I, I think that, uh, McDonald is the only, uh, contractor he visited. Uh, you know, North American, which was the Apollo contractor, was not, had not really done much at the time. There's no reason for him to go out to hmm. California to see them. So, uh, yes, there are two or three pictures that came from McDonald. You're, you're quite correct. Hmm. Um, but again, there was just enough, it seemed, to give you the flavor of the day and the experience of the event. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone who, um, so I'm sure someone who's somewhat familiar with the space program would learn a lot reading this book. Um, how about someone who's maybe read, um, you know, sort of an, a space enthusiast? Um, do you think they'll come across stuff that maybe they didn't never knew before or maybe didn't understand in a way that you well, I, you discovered? I, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I tell you, I learned a lot. I learned a lot every, every time we do one of these books, uh, you know, just doing the research. But, yes, I, I hope that. I hope they do. I've tried to include as many little anecdotes in the book um, and a lot of that are interesting. And those I dug out of the, um, the oral histories of uh, several people that are uh, in the Kennedy Library. Uh, Shepard has one. Glenn has one. Uh, Ron Braun has one. Dr. Gilruth has one. Um, read the Web one. That's at the Johnson Library uh, in Austin. But those are very those are great sources of um, of little anecdotes and conversations. You know, I plucked from them all their interactions uh, with the president when they would speak to him or encounter him or give him a tour or something. Mm-hmm. And then the other great source, uh, and God bless the internet. Yeah. Our online newspaper archives. And for anybody who does think newspapers are important, well, they sure are. Uh, and when you go back, they, because they capture the smaller little details of the day, because they're reporting on that particular event, as opposed to, you know, books which gloss over all the fun little things that happen during a presidential speech or visit or event or travels. So you've talked a little bit about, or, or actually a lot about, um, the different resources you used for this book. Are, are there any others um, that we haven't touched on that you used for this research? Well, you know, fortunately, uh, as I say, JL and I are both pretty well grounded in the in the general space program. So um, as a result, I have a my own set at home of uh, the various uh, uh, NASA histories that are terrific. Uh, now, a lot of these, in fact, most of these days are, are available online as, as long PDFs if you want to read them online. Yeah. But um, those are a, 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 a terrific source. Uh, the one's called Moonport, uh, On the Shoulders of Titans, This New Ocean, that's the Mercury book. Uh, those are all put out by NASA. They're part of the NASA history series. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, valuable. And then there's another set of publications NASA put out. There's special publications called uh, uh, the, the, the chronology series. There's Project Mercury chronology, Gemini chronology, and so forth. And those are uh, day-by-day, almost a diary of events that happen. Mm-hmm. Of course, i got to tell you, you know, as far as this is a Kennedy Library resource, but it's, it was, I mean, I would be lost without it, is, of course, what are known as, as some people call them the President's Daybook, uh, or his diary. 
What, um, I, kn- I know the space program was obviously very important to, um, JFK. Um, was there anyone else, uh, that worked, that was caught in the photographs that was a real, um, driver of the space program? Well, yes, you see him, uh, and not surprisingly, uh, given the fact that he's the president and uh, in charge of everything, you often see him conferring or talking or traveling with, um, key members of Congress who were involved in the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the chairman of the Senate Space Committee, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, various members of Congress who, uh, their districts might have been in, uh, in Houston or Huntsville or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, there's a, a number of, of, um, uh, members of Congress that you, you meet and sort of get to know as ancillary figures. Uh, Clinton Anderson is one from, from New Mexico. He was, I think, the chairman of, of this, this uh, Senate committee, and he was very big on Project Rover because that was being done out in New Mexico, of course, in Los Alamos. Mm-hmm. Um, and President, uh, Vice President Johnson, of course, who actually doesn't make that many appearances in the book, interestingly. Uh, President Kennedy made him uh, chairman of the Space Council, uh, but that turned out to really not be a a policy uh, position. It was more of a coordination position. So he doesn't make that many. He, he, tra- he makes a few appearances traveling with the president, but he's not as, as big a, a guy as you might be. But I'll tell you some of the people who make cameos in the book that are sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Rather yeah. is, is in the book, believe it or not, is a very young reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria Shriver. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else? Um, Robert Kennedy is in a couple of pictures, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I tried to, well, there's another, a couple of other news people in there, that Helen Thomas, uh, briefly. So, you know, th- it was interesting, as I say, trying to uh, get as many people I need as we could. Now, Von, Von Braun was working on the space program at this time, correct? Oh, yes. And the, the president um, has, uh, you know, is, is really interested in, uh, I should say interested, but he's, you know, he and Von Braun, he was, I'm sure that was probably the, the space program official that he uh, had the most interaction with. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to uh, to Marshall uh, Space Flight Center in Huntsville, and Von Braun gave him a big tour mm-hmm. of all the facilities there and what they were doing to build Saturn boosters. And then he took he and the president's party out to uh, an observation bunker and watched them test fire. Uh, the first stage of a, of a Saturn booster in a test stand, which is very dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the Von Braun accompanied uh, the president on, on this two-day trip and uh, was with him in, in Houston. And I guess he got off in Houston to go to St. Louis. But yeah, the two of them uh, interacted quite a bit. And Von Braun, has, there's a good uh, theme that he describes where they're at Marshall and they're, they're touring the, the center and uh, they pause for a minute uh, beside this big Saturn that's on display as sort of a uh, demonstration vehicle and the president turns to Von Braun and he says do you think we've bitten off more than we can chew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Von Braun of course assures him that no we, we haven't mm-hmm. and uh, later on in the tour there's 
So he, are there pictures of him in the book as well? With uh, the- Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Hmm. So what part of the uh, research was most enjoyable for you? I know there's a lot that, that certainly was. I would say it was, uh, and this probably goes back just to the fact that, that I'm, you know, a, a reporter at heart, was digging out little odds and ends from the Kennedy Library and uh, things I think that people have not seen before. Um, there's a, a card that uh, uh, the President's Secretary, uh, Evelyn Lincoln, hands to him during his National Security Council meeting the morning that Alan Shepard is going to be launched. And it says, you know, there's just, it's about T minus two minutes and so forth. So he breaks up the meeting and they come out to watch the launch on a little TV in her office. And then there's another uh, note that she hands him. Uh, Scott Carpenter's, uh, unfortunately, missed his uh, splash point, uh, splashdown point by about 250 miles for various reasons. And there was some concern about his his uh, condition. So there's a note that she's, what Evelyn Lincoln has given him that says he's, he's okay, he's going to be aboard the recovery carrier soon, and he's in good shape. Uh, and then here, this is another little card that I thought was fascinating. Uh, it turns out that during John Glenn's flight, there was a plan for the president to uh, call him uh, during his flight on the third orbit and say, just very briefly and say, hey, congratulations, we're proud of you. Mm-hmm. Well, as you may know, they got a little bit concerned during the third orbit about the condition of Glenn's heat shield, uh, maybe a bit loose. So that, that was quickly scrapped. But nevertheless, in the files, there's, there's a card. And it says, these are the instructions when you talk to Colonel Glenn. And, you know, when you say, whatever you say, and then say, over. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, Kennedy had been in the military, so that shouldn't have been too much of a shocker right. for him. <laughs> no, that's right. And as, as, you, as you, uh, believe me, when you're the president, everything is, is uh, <laughs> laid out and drawn out for you and planned. <laughs> yeah. just they can't. Yeah. Um, what did you find that was most surprising in your research? Well, I'll tell you, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, this was pretty darn surprising to me. I don't know if it ranks as just amazing, but um, there is a photo, and you've seen it, everybody's seen it, of the president um, in the U.S. House chamber, and he's gesturing, he's got one hand up, and it's a black and white photo, and it's a very close up of him at the podium. And, um, Everybody thinks that's a photo of the president on May 25th in the House chamber giving his, uh, you know, we, we in this decade going to go to the moon speech. Well, it's not. <laughs> that, that photo is from his first State of the Union address in January. Yeah. <laughs> and it was astonishing to me how all across the Internet this has become accepted uh, and, oh, yes, this is a photo of the president giving his moon speech. <laughs> no, it's not. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and even in some Na- even NASA sites, <laughs> they, yeah. they will use it. And I think here's the reason. is because it's, it's if you want to have a nice photo of the May speech, where he, he says in this decade we're going to go to the moon, uh, you've got to buy the rights to it from, uh, from a, the Associated Press or Getty or some a photo service like that. So we did. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to do that. It wasn't that much. Mm-hmm. And so we show you both photos of the appropriate times of the book, and you can compare them. But that always cracks me up, and I have a, a fun time.
it's kind of a scary um, reflection on on how information is shared on the internet. But uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that's it's it's a funny story, but yeah, it's. Um, let's see. So, what was the most difficult thing for your research? Was there a particular photograph or set of photographs that uh, that really stymied you as far as some some aspect of them? Information wise, yeah, uh, and, and I, I touched on this earlier. It, it was his visit out to uh, Los Alamos, hmm. and uh, it was not only identifying the people, which uh, I talked about, but hmm. also what was going on in those pictures. Uh, this was all his visit to three or four uh, fairly uh, classified uh, research facilities uh, over two days, and uh, when I asked Los Alamos. You know, you send me some pictures. Boy, did they send pictures! Uh, I, I mean, wow, <laughs> very impressed with what they have. Hmm. Um, and but they weren't in any particular order, nor did they have any any good captions. So fortunately, Los Alamos, at, uh, uh, probably a few months later, did put out a little booklet that highlighted the present trip, and that was available online. And that was invaluable in terms of putting the, the events in order, at least, and, and some of the pictures in some order. Uh, but that was the biggest challenge, for sure, is sorting through that, that wealth of, of Los Alamos stuff and trying to figure out, was he here there? But he didn't, then he went there. Then what happened? So I had to piece all that together. Oh, another uh, example of that, I'm probably getting into too much detail, was there's a great series of photos where he goes out to visit Vandenberg Air Force Base. Uh, in California, and this is the first time that uh, any president ever sees a missile launch. They fire off uh, an atlas for him. And um, it, was, it, was, uh, it, it was very sort of confusing, the sequence of events at Vandenberg, where he did this, and they did that, and they did that, and so forth. But we got all that straightened out. So. And, and then and sometimes he takes a helicopter there, and, you know, a limo there, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of the trans transport stuff was a little confusing, but after after piecing it all together, it fell into place. Mm -hmm. um, so I might have misunderstood something you said about Los Alamos. Do they still have photographs, or you're saying the photographs that you were provided? Yeah, I mean, I, I assume they're available to anybody. I mean, they're, they're not... They're, I, in the public domain, I'm sure. I mean, I guess anybody could write to them if you're, if you're if your listeners are, are Los Alamos lab fanatics with President Kennedy, you know, write them a letter. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they guess they were just part of their archives. And, and thank goodness they had them. Because I'm surprised they wouldn't have been sent to the National Archives at this point. Um, that, that's why I asked. Oh, well, they, they just had retained. I mean, these are all, uh, they sent them all to me on a disc. Ah. Uh, so these are all, they're nice. Uh, high quality scans, but they were all scans. No, I didn't see the original glossies or the negatives. They may probably be in somebody's archive somewhere. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, was there anything you discovered that uh, had an emotional impact on you, either positively or negatively, or, or yeah? Well, I, you know, I'm as I say, I'm I'm a, a baby boomer, and um, I was in. Uh, third grade when the president was assassinated and lived through that, uh, those three horrible days, uh, you know, glued to the television with my parents like the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a certain emotional 
So what do you um what do you hope the book will do? I hope that it gives people uh, a, a better understanding of uh, the president and and his role in the in overseeing the space program and nudging it in certain directions during his uh, you know three and a half years uh, in office. I think that uh, people just remember the moon speech, mm-hmm. which was uh, you know the highlight uh, before Congress, and say, well, he's at the goal, and you know then he got to kill that story. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than that, and if you delve into it, uh, his relationships with the Mercury astronauts and uh, his interest in, the, in some of the technical details of the program, it's, you know, I found it very, quite, really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had mentioned uh, a video. Um, was there? Any, did you come across any video of his trips? That uh, I, I'm not sure if you would be able to use any of the video stills. Uh, oh, great the, question. Great. That's a good. That's a terrific question. Uh, and yes, uh, again, uh, thank you, YouTube. Uh, there is a gentleman who I believe is in Germany, and I don't know anything more about him than that. <laughs> but he uh, is somebody who has dug out uh, a lot of interesting old uh, archival uh, stuff and put it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I give him credit in the in the book, and uh, that that was. Great, and there's then the Kennedy Library also has uh, some films that you can you can watch. There's uh, some are have some are silent, some some have audio, uh, but you can watch those online. And yes, there are two. There's several, not maybe four times where I was able to use a still from from a from a from a, uh, a movie, 60 millimeter. I'm sure they're all 60 millimeter. Um, one was. Um, when he visits Vandenberg, they uh, take him to a madman silo. And the, all the photos show him at the silo looking down. Well, here's a, a newsreel, from, a British newsreel, no less, that the cameraman briefly shot down in the silo for a while. Hmm. And there's there's the madman. <laughs> so I, I grabbed that, and that turned out great. I was amazed at how good that looks in the book. Hmm. Um, and then there were a couple of other occasions, um, one where he's... Uh, he presents uh, a trophy to uh, several X-15 astronauts, uh, the fellows who flew the space plane out to the edge of space research aircraft, mm-hmm. and uh, they give him a model of the X-15. Well, there's no stills. There's stills of the ceremony, but there's no one good still of him holding that X-15 in his hand. And I said, come on, we got to have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I grabbed that. So there's three or four times where, yes, the, the, the films did come in handy. How would you say you balanced, uh, when choosing photographs to use, uh, balance between the artistic merit of the photograph versus its historical, uh, or technical importance? You know, I, that's, that's a, a, a good question. In, in this case, you know, it, it often came down to, you know, obviously what's the best picture of the, you know, the, of the president? Uh, you know, is his head turned the right way and, you know, so forth. I mean, we see some of that back in the too at times. But, um, no, I, I think that, uh, the, you know, the, the White House photographers, and, and we, I, I, I give them uh, credit in, in the book, uh, uh, 
can you speak to any difficulties um, in getting the book finished and published and how you overcame those? Well, uh, actually, we're, we were very fortunate, uh, J.L. and I uh, were, because um, we had an existing relationship with uh, the University of New Mexico Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, they published our first two books, uh, Space Shots, Snap Shots, and Moon Shots, and Snap Shots. So when we um, dangled this in front of them as a project, they said, well, sure, that's, you can't go wrong with President Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So uh, we thought that was right, too, in terms of you know having an audience of both people who are interested in history and interested in his presidency and interested in space, and you've got three different audiences there to draw from, potentially. So um, they were quite happy to to, uh, to have us do the book for them. And uh, no, it's we're, uh, as I say, we're working on our, we've, we've got two more books, well, no, one more book finished, it'll come out in March uh, on Apollo 11. So we're, we're sort of getting um, to be old hands at this, at this book writing stuff. And it's, it's uh, you know, if you do a few, it, it comes a little more naturally to you. So, no, no, I wouldn't say there are any real obstacles with us. Okay. Uh, you sort of hinted at your next project. Um, can you go into more details about what you might be planning uh, right after this? Sure. Um, we have um, a changed publishers. Uh, our, our new publisher, which is doing the Apollo 11 book, is the University Press of Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're a lot more convenient uh, to me. And frankly, because I live here in Florida and jail has a winter place in Florida, so... And they're a much bigger, not to say anything bad about New Mexico, but Florida's a much bigger operation. So, uh, yes, they've done our Apollo 11 book, and we're, we're uh, just starting on what we expect will be a two-volume set um, on the space shuttle. Now, believe it or not, the first, and uh, maybe there are more, I don't know, but the first two books that we're envisioning are only going to take you up through um, uh, the Challenger uh, disaster, mm. just the first uh, five years of the program. Mm-hmm. And as you know, it went on for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, again, the reason is because we want to give a full, you know, 10, 12 pages or more to each flight. But again, that's sort of our hallmark. Mm-hmm. And if you try to do that with too many shuttle flights, you get a very big book. Yeah. <laughs> so we're tackling that, uh, you know, the first, the first, sort of the golden age uh, at first and the next so where can people find um, the book online? You know, online, and uh, where can they find um, your thoughts? It, it, I don't know if you have like a social media presence or something like that. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, the the books are all of them are available on Amazon, mm-hmm. and I believe they're available at Target as well, and uh, Barnes and Noble, and uh, we expect to see uh, both. Kennedy book, the Apollo 11 book, and, you know, in bookstores uh, this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not have a uh, blog. I do have an Amazon author's page if people want any more background on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, JL, uh, my co-author, 
Okay. Um, that's all the questions I have. Do you have any final thoughts or words? No, Chris, I, I, I enjoyed the interview. Thank you. And uh, I hope that, that people uh, enjoy the book and, and learn a lot. And uh, there's a lot of uh, very interesting uh, background information in there that, uh, you know, to be honest, nobody's ever pulled together before. So mm-hmm. I'm so proud of what we did. Yeah, it seems like it'll, it, it's a, it'll be a fascinating read and, and look. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thanks for speaking with me. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit chrisalvarez.com or theartofsciencefiction.com for more great interviews, photos, and articles. Your visits help support this podcast. Please remember that my first name, Chris, does not have an H in it. One of the best ways to provide feedback for this podcast is to rate me on iTunes. Please give me a good rating if you liked it, or feel free to give me a bad rating if you didn't. I'll use that feedback to make this a better podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram under Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi, on Facebook under Chris Alvarez WLC, on YouTube under Chris Alvarez WLC, and on Twitter under Chris Alvarez WLC. Thanks for listening and keep imagining the future.